You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Wolves. My name is Ben Beacon. I am the host of Locked On Wolves. Of course, Locked On Wolves is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am also the co-editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves game day. The final preseason game is this evening against the Brooklyn Nets. I'm uh, going to touch on that briefly here off the top, but I don't want to spend too much time previewing a preseason game, of course. Uh, and then I want to get into some NBA news and notes. Uh, Kyrie Irving, the Brooklyn Nets news, as well as an inju- a key injury in the West to a, a, to a team that the Timberwolves are going to be battling for play-in position and hopefully actual real playoff spot uh, positioning in the Western Conference. So I want to hit that first and then get into the Zach Lowe League Pass power rankings that he's released uh, for the, I think, 10th consecutive year over at ESPN. Where do the Wolves rank there and why do they rank where they are? So all that's coming up today. Thank you, first of all, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen of each and every day. Remember, Lockdown Wolves is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, as well as, of course, all the favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and our very favorite, the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves and at BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Okay, Wolves Nets tonight in Brooklyn. No idea who's going to play, who's not going to play for either team. Well, we, we know one player is not going to play for the Brooklyn Nets. That's Kyrie Irving. Um, the uh, the Timberwolves, of course, Josh Kogi and Jordan McLaughlin both missed Monday's game in Los Angeles against the Clippers. Uh, precautions. I think it was, uh, uh, I forget exactly. I think it was an ankle for a Kogi and a knee for McLaughlin, if I remember correctly. Uh, both guys wouldn't be a surprise if they sat out again on Thursday. Finch had previously said he wanted to treat these kind of incrementally increasing the minutes load for each of these guys. It wasn't going to be like a full dress rehearsal where everybody plays, you know, all the starters play 33, 34 minutes. We've seen the minutes go up just a little bit, so we may see 28 minutes for each starter. Remember, it's not like they turn around and play on Saturday or Sunday in the regular season opener. They've got six days until they play at home against the Rockets next Wednesday, the 20th. Um, So there's plenty of rest and relaxation time in between. I'm sure the Wolves will travel back on Friday um, or late Thursday, I guess, and then have maybe a, you know, day off and a shoot around or whatever of the weekend and then ramp back up next week in, in preparation for the home opener. And, and remember the Wolves play, I think it's six of their first seven games at home with the only road game coming in Milwaukee against the defending champs. So they're staying in the Midwest. They're staying, uh, except for one quick, you know, uh, flight basically following along I-94. They're in the twin cities, uh, here for the foreseeable future following the game in Brooklyn. So, um, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me if we saw something close to normal minutes distribution um, or somewhere between, I guess, the last preseason game in L.A. and where we'll see it in the regular season. Obviously, still airing on the side of a lighter minutes load for the starters. Rotations, again, you know, don't get too locked into these. Uh, but if McLaughlin doesn't play, and uh, especially if Josh Kogi also doesn't play, Jalen Noel probably is the first or second guy off the bench once again. So it'd be interesting to see if he keeps getting some of those primary ball handling number or uh, minutes, I should say, opportunities early in the game for the Wolves. He's played well in the in the last two preseason games against Denver and the Clippers. Um, so all that is Thursday. You know, uh, hopefully the Timberwolves continue to stay healthy. 
you know, outside of these minor injuries and continue to ramp up for the season next week. We'll have a post-game pod. It won't post immediately after the game Thursday. It'll probably be midday Friday, so a little bit later than normal, but that'll get you through your Friday and Saturday. And then next week, we'll ramp up for the season. I'll do predictions, uh, win total predictions for the Timberwolves, where I think they'll end up in the West. Um, and uh, maybe some over-unders, kind of see how, how things shake out next week. And then real basketball, it, it all goes down next week. So, all that's uh, upcoming here in uh, in the next few days. Uh, quickly, a couple of NBA news and notes. The big news, of course, Kyrie Irving being uh, the Nets announcing that he would not be allowed to practice or play with the team um, given his uh, his vaccination status. Um, the, the Nets even said, I think it was Sean Marks even said, basically when he was asked about the vaccination status of Kyrie, he said, I think you know the answer to that. We would be talking about this if if uh, he was vaccinated, basically. Um, and, you know, even though the news came down that he could have been allowed to practice as the the practice facility in Brooklyn was going to be considered an office building um, and he could play on the road, the Nets aren't going to allow him to be a part-time player. They, they're making that decision now. And he's one of just a handful of NBA players that remains unvaccinated. So that's the big news. In terms of Western Conference news and news that directly impacts the Timberwolves, um, you know, obviously disappointing news out of Memphis for the Grizzlies and their fans. And obviously I'm, I'm a fan of Dylan Brooks and any player, of course, we don't want any player getting injured, but Dylan Brooks has a fractured left hand. He will be reassessed in two to three weeks. According to the Grizzlies, he was injured in the off season. Uh, they decided he needs further treatment. Um, he, believe it or not, I think he's actually the longest tenured Grizzlies player. I saw that somewhere five years with Memphis, which I guess isn't that big of a shock at this point. Um, but he was expected to be a full participant in training camp this fall. Instead, he's missed all of his preseason contests due to a sore thigh. And now they're saying he just needs additional treatment for his fractured hand that he suffered over the summer. Disappointing. Brooks is uh, again starting to show some additional promise last year. Averaged over 17 points a game. Uh, the shooting wasn't outstanding, but he was a key player on a Memphis team that was, uh, you know, maybe a little bit disappointing, but looks to be in that like six to 11 conversation in the West, which is a really murky place to be. It's where Minnesota is, um, you know, certainly the Sacramento's, the New Orleans, the San Antonio's, um, you know, you could argue maybe even Portland's probably right at six. Uh, but all those teams that I mentioned and one or two that I'm blanking on right now are all going to be in that conversation for uh, the final the final real playoff spot, if I guess maybe I shouldn't call it that, but the number six spot and then the seven through 10 play in spots in the West and somebody's going to miss out. And, uh, um, you know, the Timberwolves and Grizzlies, those games are going to be really important between the two, um, as they battle it out for a playoff spot in, in the West, um, you know, head to head records are really going to matter, especially when we look at tiebreakers in a play in world that we're living in now. Tiebreakers matter, um, I guess just as much, but like the difference between being a seven seed and being an eight seed is significant. And obviously between an eight and a nine seed is significant. Um, or, or sorry, I should say between being a, um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, because the nine and the 10, obviously the winner plays the, uh, the seven seed. Um, and so, you know, where you land in that play in tournament really matters. And those, those, those head to head matchups, um, are going to be significant this year. So, um, hopefully Dylan Brooks for the sake of, of him and for the Grizzlies, hopefully he heals up, but that is notable in, in terms of those teams in that six to 11 range in the Western conference. Okay. Next, I want to get into Zach Lowe at ESPN's league pass rankings. He ranks all 30 teams in the league by basically their watchability. I'll talk a little bit about his, um, ranking method, I guess, and where I stand and where he stands on the Timberwolves. We're going to get to that here next. First, though, let's talk about our outstanding friends 
at Sweatblock. There's a few topics that are not fun to talk about, and one of them is absolutely excessive sweating. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I've dealt with this myself, sweating through your shirt for no reason. It's definitely embarrassing, whether it's while you're public speaking, uh, just an interview, I guess a speech, first date, whatever it might be. Nobody wants to sweat through their shirt, and that's why I use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I know it sounds too good to be true. You literally only have to use Sweatblock once maybe twice a week, and it keeps you dry the entire time. No more pitting out, no more picking your shirts based on which one might hide sweat better. Sweatblock wipes are doctor-created and doctor-recommended. They work for up to seven days per use, and there's a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you'll get your money back. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio by Firefighters, Sweatblock has been a bestseller on Amazon for the past decade, over 13,000 reviews, and currently is still number one in Amazon's antiperspirant category, with Sweatblock, you can wear what you want to wear. It'll be your little secret to confidence, and the wipes are a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. Uh, if you or someone you love is dealing with the issue of excessive sweating, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code Locked On, or at Amazon or CVS if that's more convenient. But again, sweatblock.com, the promo code is Locked On for 20% off. Sweatblock.com, promo code Locked On for 20% off today. All right, uh, let's talk Zach Lowe League Pass rankings on ESPN. This is uh, this is not an ESPN Insider article, so you don't need the uh, to get past the paywall to read it. Um, over at ESPN, and um, I'll just kind of hit the the cliff notes, I guess, on on what Zach how he does this. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, basically, he has five categories: the Zeitgeist, which is do humans care, or as he says, do actually humans care about this team? Star slash highlight potential. Um, Will there be something spectacular you don't want to miss during the game? Style, are they tactically interesting? Style of play, obviously. League pass minutia, which he calls announcers, jerseys, court designs. I love ranking that specifically. Court designs, jerseys, anything aesthetic. That's often what gets me to flip, to, you know, when the two rules aren't playing, when they play a late game, whatever. Uh, you know, that's like why the Brooklyn Nets always rank highly on my list. I love their court. I love their announcers. That's one of my favorite ones. And then unintentional comedy. So he says, coaches making funny faces, passive aggressive teammates, frequent bloopers, sneaky irritants. I would put Quinn Snyder's hair on that list for me. The Quinn Snyder hair thing uh, was is, is always unintentional comedy um, in my mind. There's plenty of of good examples of that. Those are, those are the two things. The Nets and Quinn Snyder's hair are two things that, that stand out to me on this list. Uh, well, I guess, fitting in his categories. That's my list, to be clear, not Zach's list. Um, so anyway, he ranks all the teams in five categories and scores them one through 10, then totals up the score. Uh, last place is, I'm not going to read through all of them, obviously, but last place is the Oklahoma City Thunder. They only have 18 points, which is hard to do. Um, and basically, he says they've got Shea Gilgis Alexander, and that's it. Uh, maybe Alexei Pokusevsky, depending on how, uh, you know, how Poku's second season in the league goes. I think he's a lot of fun to watch, but uh, can also be um, he can be the engineer of the uh, or the conductor of the uh, the train wreck that the Thunder were for much of last season. And then some of the usual suspects, uh, the Cleveland's, Orlando's, San Antonio's. If you listen to Wednesday's show, I talked about the future power rankings. These are all teams that were very low in the future power rankings, which, by the way, I'll get back to that in a second and why it's interesting. The Wolves are as high as they are on this list. Um, but you go from Oklahoma City to Cleveland to Orlando to San Antonio, Houston, all teams that were at or below where the Wolves were, except for the Spurs. Detroit at 25. Um, and then we'll skip up to where the Wolves are. 
Um, the Timberwolves actually came in on this list at number 19, which was pretty surprising to me. Uh, on last year's list, which was, of course, released in December, the Timberwolves were 21. So they rose two spots in the rankings, which I guess, given that context, I'm a little surprised because at this point last year, we didn't know what Anthony Edwards would be. I don't know that you could argue that as of last December, before Edwards set foot on an NBA court in a regular season game, that anybody would have thought he'd be more entertaining than he is on or off the court for that matter, in, in terms of when there's a microphone in his face. But like, did anybody think he would be a better dunker than he is? Which is kind of like, I mean, if you're talking league pass, that's what's entertaining, right? It's not like he's an ultra inefficient scorer. He doesn't, he, he's not quite Andrew Wiggins when it comes to his frequency of long mid-range twos, difficult shots that clank off the rim. He's more efficient as a scorer than Wiggins. He's more spectacular as a scorer than, than basically any player in the league. So I was a little surprised that given Edwards and now relative health and uh, the addition of Patrick Beverly, who uh, Lowe mentions, and I'll get to that in a minute, the Wolves only rose two spots. Still, number 19 is not bad. I will note uh, back in 2017, which is now four years ago, the Timberwolves were actually as high as number 10, which was that was leading into the good Butler year, the 17-18 season. Everybody knew the Wolves would be good with Butler and Towns, which is why they got as high as 10. This was also shortly after I guess a couple seasons into the New Jersey's, uh, no, this might've actually just been season one of the New Jersey. So I, you know, I guess they're not new anymore, but the current version of the jerseys for, of the Timberwolves jerseys was released that year, as well as new court, Jimmy Butler, more veterans on the team, the Jeff Teagues and Taj Gibson's not that they're the reason they were ranked so high, but, um, that would be why as a whole, the Timberwolves were as high as number 10 that season, but they went from 10 and 17. They slid each year down to, they were 21 last year. Now they're at 19 at the start of the season. Um, so I want to go through what Zach says about the Timberwolves. I'll, I'll hit a couple of those first, and then I'll, I'll kind of give my thoughts on his thoughts. Um, he's Let me just say he starts this, and actually he does this too, and I'm assuming it's absolutely intentional. Spells the team name wrong. Um, so if you're trying to control F for the Timberwolves, you're not going to land on the Timberwolves on this page. Uh, he spells it wrong as the Wolves did in their news release announcing the, uh, as he calls sudden and very Wolvesy firing of their president of basketball operations. Of course, Gerson Rosas, uh, roughly three weeks ago now. Um, so he says he gives the Wolves bonus comedy points for misspelling their own team name in their own news release. He then says, you this is interesting. You could order the next half dozen teams any way you want. And there's a good chance Minnesota will be one of the league's 10 most entertaining teams. So there you go. He has him 19th, but then says there is a good chance, not a chance, a good chance. The Wolves would be one of the league's 10 most entertaining teams, which I guess is not technically what this ranking is. That means he's docking their court jerseys. I don't know, the minutia stuff, some of that other, uh, the, the other things that impact his rankings. He says the Wolves hit the gas and fired more threes once Chris Finch took over, which is interesting because, of course, as we all know, Ryan Saunders had the, the um, reputation of open it up, play fast, don't play defense, you know, not that he told them not to play defense, but less defense, more threes, play small ball. In reality, uh, Finch's offense is, is simpler. They were able to play faster and more successfully overall and actually did shoot more threes because it was just a less complicated offense under Finch. Um, and then, and then Lowe says something, if you listen to this program, I've talked about this quite a bit. Finch is an offensive guru with a long history of pushing skilled bigs to unlock the full breadth of their game. My commentary, if, if you're not familiar, Nikola Jokic in Denver, Finch had him for a year. He had DeMarcus Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Edwards together in uh, New Orleans. Um, and, and those aren't the only bigs he's coached, of course, but perhaps the most notable ones or most relevant for Timberwolves fans. 
Um, Lowe goes on to talk about Towns is the most versatile scoring big man ever, or he says might be the most versatile ever. Finch will leverage every weapon, his jumper, explosive pump and go game, unstoppable arsenal, power and finesse. Towns is a solid passer. He'll push for more, play him at the elbows. We've seen a lot of that, and I've talked about that a ton here at Lockdown Wolves. Lowe then says Towns has the potential to be a top 10 player. The gap between here and there comes down to defense, grit, and really caring about the grimy parts of winning. He then talks about it would be great to see uh, a 27-12 five line and 50-40-90 shooting for Towns pushing, uh, you know, pushing for really kind of that top 10 mantle, the the solid on BA, maybe second team, something like that. Um, and then he talks about the 121 points per hundred possessions with Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and Anthony Edwards on the floor, better than Brooklyn's league best mark. Also notes to to not mind uh, the defensive numbers. Uh, he praises Russell as a daring late game shot maker. He then goes into uh, Edwards dunking, as I talked about Patrick Beverly instigating stuff. Nas Reed is more well-rounded as a scorer than you think, and Jade McDaniels might make or break the season. He also notes, and this is something Lowe often says, is that the broadcast is first rate, of course, with the fantastic Dave Benz and Jim Peterson on Valley Sports North. He talks about simplified court design. The Wolves did tweak it a little bit this year. Uh, you'll notice on TV, if you missed the first two preseason games, it's slightly different. And uh, he calls the Howling Wolf. Low calls the Howling Wolf in the center of the court classic. I don't know that I've ever heard the Howling Wolf d- described as classic, but uh, here we are. Um, so overall, a pretty glowing review, considering there's, uh, what, 10 teams behind the Wolves on this list. But uh, but. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't hate where they're at. So next, I want to kind of give my overall thoughts. Also, a couple of the teams ahead of the Wolves and why I might disagree with a couple of things. Uh, where should the Wolves be ranked, and what what are my favorite parts of of Lowe's uh, Lowe's analysis of the Timberwolves? So I'm going to do that next. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at BetOnline.ag. We're back and we're better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKDOWN to receive that bonus. From football to basketball, boxing, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Again, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit over at betonline.ag. Okay, uh, putting a bow on the Zach Lowe League Pass rankings at ESPN. Um, I think the Wolves are actually ranked about right. Uh, and I don't often agree with where ESPN ranks the Wolves for really anything, but Zach does a great job. And I actually, I think this is about right. They're just below Portland and the trailblazers. Blazers have a pretty good broadcast crew. They've got a nice court. They've got, you know, coaching. We don't know yet. Uh, you know, some of that stuff, but obviously Damian Lillard bonus points there. CJ McCollum's entertaining. There's, uh, maybe less of the, uh, Less unintentional comedy there in Portland, although it could be interesting if, if uh, depending on the Chauncey Billups, Damian Lillard dynamic works, love their court, all that stuff. So I understand why they're a spot ahead. Miami at 17, um, you know, if Jimmy Butler wasn't there, they're probably two, three, four spots lower. Um, I mean, PJ Tucker is fun to watch him play defense as, as an addition there. The Knicks at 16, this has to mostly be because of the court. 
Tom Thibodeau yelling on the sideline is entertaining to people that don't have to watch him 70 or excuse me, 82 times a year, like uh, Timberwolves fans did for several years. Madison Square Garden, of course, is fantastic. All the classic uniforms and courts are higher up on the list because of that. Um, that's one of the five categories, right? So that's 20% of the equation here. They're not weighted uh, like the future team power rankings that we talked about on Wednesday's show. Um, the Boston Celtics at 15. I get that. Jason Tatum's fun, classic court, classic uniforms, uh, uh, a fun broadcast still, all that stuff. Uh, so that makes sense. Uh, Zach Lowe, by the way, calls the Celtics green jerseys the best jerseys in sports, period. Um, and then he says the league should mandate Boston start games down five to nothing when they wear their god-awful generic black alternates. I don't disagree with that either. And then he says their parquet court is the second best court behind the Lakers floor. He's got the Grizzlies at 14, which is a little, a little high for me. Um, John Morant is great. And that's the primary reason he talks about Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm excited to watch a healthy Jaron Jackson this year. Dylan Brooks is, is a ton of fun. He talks about him being an irrational confidence King. Something Bill Simmons always talks about in his podcast is irrational confidence guys. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know that I put Memphis quite, quite so high, uh, on this list. So anyway, I, the Wolves at 19, I can buy it. I like it. I think if you're not a Timberwolves fan, you tune in for the broadcast is fantastic. You tune in for Carl Anthony Towns. Obviously, I should, I should, sorry, Dave and Jim, I'll re-rank that. You tune in for Carl Anthony Towns, first and foremost. Um, secondly, it's it's probably Anthony Edwards, and then it's probably the broadcast. D'Angelo Russell's in there somewhere too. Um, those are the reasons why you're tuning in. You're seeing offensive fireworks, you're seeing versatile big man, you're seeing a fun offense, um, some creative yet simple sets offensively for the Timberwolves. Hopefully. Uh, not too high scoring games on both ends of the floor, but very likely high scoring games. If the wolves are still maybe at best in middle of pa- middle of the pack defense, the court's nice. I actually think the wolves uniforms are underrated. Um, they were the last edition of course was awful, but the current edition to Timberwolves uniforms, I think is great. Uh, I love the blue ones that say Minnesota across the chest. Um, I, I still don't know what the city uniforms will look like this year, but putting the wolves 19th is, is about right. Um, and of course, if they're good, just like we said on Wednesday with the future power rankings, uh, they're going to rise in this ranking by several spots pretty quickly and in relatively short order. So the Wolves at 19 makes sense to me. I get that. Go check it out at ESPN.com. Again, you don't need to have a uh, an insider account on an ESPN Plus account to read it. Zach Lowe does a fantastic job. Of course, the Low Post podcast is great too. Um, he had a couple episodes where he talked quite a bit about the Wolves recently. So go check all that out. Um, all right. That's all I have on the show today. Tonight in Brooklyn, Wolves and Nets, 6.30 p.m. Central. That's on NBA TV. Check it out. We'll have a post-game pod midday on Friday is the hope, the goal. It'll carry you through the weekend. We'll be back on Monday, Monday through Friday next week, leading into the season. Season kicks off Wednesday night. We'll do our late game post-game pods each and every night following the games in season, including weekends uh, for the vast majority of games. We'll have weekend podcasts as well when the Wolves play. And uh, that's that all kicks off next week. I can't believe we're here. But at the same time, uh, you know, I can definitely believe that we're here at this point, um, even though the Wolves just played five months ago. It feels like a lot longer ago than that, um, that that they closed out last season. So uh, that's all upcoming. Make sure that you are following it and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Again, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, the show is free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube now. So if you do want to uh, watch as well as listen, check it out on YouTube. Please subscribe, like the podcast and comment uh, below if if you so choose. And also, if you don't want to look at my face, will you listen? 
You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. That, of course, includes Apple as well as Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. That's all we have for you today. Once again, Lockdown Wolves is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be back on Friday. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.